Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We are celebrating um, Hispanic Heritage Month here at 1010 Wins. We're very excited about it. Um, I'm excited to be able to have you as a guest to participate in this celebration with us. Um, and I'm happy to join you. <laughs> Describe to me um, what it was like growing up um, here in New York. I mean, I, so I moved um, to New York, to Queens, when I was nine years old. And it was a little bit of a shock because I had come from, from uh, Colombia, where uh, we were in the middle um, of uh, a drug war, where um, in spite of being poor working class, I had a relatively uh, easier uh, life. And then coming to New York to struggle, uh, we didn't know the language, we didn't have papers, we didn't really have um, family here. And so you encounter... Uh, uh, a shock at school, a shock at home, and um, and really have to adapt um, without the skills to adapt. So um, it was it was a little bit of a shock, but I, I will say that growing up uh, undocumented and growing up poor gave me the grit to do a lot of what I do now. So understanding that. Um, because I had to struggle with food insecurity, rent insecurity, uh, status insecurity, I understand the pain and the lives of those I represent in a much deeper level. So I was born and raised here in New York. And one of the things that was hard was being Puerto Rican, embracing my culture here, but knowing how some people viewed Puerto Ricans. I was born in 79. So growing up, I really didn't have anybody that I could look up to. Watching the media, watching movies, watching TV shows, Hispanics, Latinos, we were always considered the drug dealers, the gang members. The we're, nannies. Yes, the nannies, the mm -hmm. dishwashers. Nothing that was really respectable, sort of speak. Did you have those type of problems when you were growing up? Who inspired you? So I, you know, as a young, young uh, child coming here, one of the, the folks who I, I, I looked up and inspired me, and not necessarily because of the lack of representation, but because of the happiness she used to bring, was Selena. 
I have a gigantic poster of her in my office. For me, she represented happiness, happiness growing up, happiness with her music, happiness with our heritage. Um, I was very much focused on surviving growing up and it was for a very long time. There wasn't um, a chance for me to really sit and say, this is someone I look up to or this is someone I would want to be like or I would want to emulate. But when I became an adult and I went to law school and I started looking at uh, folks around me that um, had worked hard, had survived, had become successful, one of the the, the women who I look up to is um, Justice Sotomayor, because the idea that someone who came from these humble beginnings went to law school, pulled herself up, and became one of, if not the most powerful Latina in the entire country. There's something so heartwarming, rewarding, uh, almost like uh, magical about that, that um, for me, she became, and I, you know, I, I read the book, I read the ch children's book, I've read everything there is about her. And so for me, a lot of what she did became almost like goals, if you will. That's amazing. I mean, outside of like my mom, my grandmother, I really didn't have, and members of my church, because I went to a Spanish church, I really didn't have anybody that I can look at and say, oh, yeah, this is somebody, you know, that'll inspire me and things like that. Because I know one of the problems that I had because of the way Hispanics, Latinos are portrayed in the media, I was embarrassed to say that I was Puerto Rican. People are like, oh, what are you? I was like, I'm a New Yorker, born and raised here. That's the end of it. But as I got older, um, I went to Puerto Rico when I was, was think I think I was 16 or 17 years old, actually visiting the island and seeing what they what they go through and seeing how they live and just I fully embraced my culture. I came back. I finally learned how to speak Spanish, so I came back speaking Spanish because Lord knows I didn't speak any type of Spanish whatsoever. Um, at most, I could say was arroz con habichuela. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was all yeah. I could say. How was it for you growing, you know, because you came here when you were nine years old, I believe. And how was it for you embracing? Were you still able to embrace your culture while you were here? And if so, how did you do that? Okay, it, it was it, it was a little bit of a different yet similar story to yours where I... Um, being Colombian, being proud of my roots, seeing our flag uh, during our holiday, it, all, it, it was something I always lived with. In my house, we always listened to Vallenato and Cumbias and the Joropo and all this music that was just really about our roots. Um, and while at the same time, I would encounter the, oh, you're Colombian. Did you ever meet Pablo? It's like, no, not everybody knows him. Oh, you're from Medellin? Was your family in the cartel? Like Those were the kinds of awful comments that I would sometimes encounter uh, growing up um, from some of my classmates or even grown adults asking questions that were clearly uh, um, off color. Yet at the same time, I couldn't have been more proud of my Colombian roots. Uh, you know, I... I was born there and the first time I got to go back home, I spent almost 15 years without being able to go home. Um, it, it, for a long time, there's a saying that um, 
a famous actress, La India Maria, made very famous of Nidia aquí, ni de allá. There were days where I didn't feel like quite like I was American enough. And there were days where I felt like I was in Colombian enough. And it was also that return home after almost 15 years that um, made me that much more in love with my roots, with the country and the city where I was born, with uh, my empanadas and my bandeja paisa and all of the food and the and the liquor and the aguardiente and all of the things that reminded me of where I was born and the roots that made me who I am. It's funny that you, that you bring up bandeja paisa because my husband... <laughs> He's Colombian, um, and his family is from Medellin. And he was mm -hmm. saying that his cousin sent him a photo of it. And he was like, oh, my God, yes. I, wow, now, now I'm kind of craving it. And, <laughs> you know, he was like, oh, I wish I could go back to Colombia just so that I could, I could have some of that. Um, so that's something that I actually wanted to ask you. Like, what, is, what are some of the absolute favorite things. If you had to describe your culture to people who are listening right now, how would you describe it? What are your favorite? What are the best foods, the best music, all of that good stuff? So favorite, favorite food, hands down, is bandeja paisa. Um, uh, favorite food at a restaurant, because there's the food that you can get at the restaurant and there's the food that you get at home from grandma, from your aunt, the food that reminds you of home. Um, the bandeja paisa is basically all different kinds of meat that there's pork, there's sausage, there's um, grilled uh, steak with rice, beans and plantains and avocado. And it's just amazingness. And my mouth is watering just talking about it. But then there's the food that you have at home or that you yourself cook. I make something at home whenever I'm feeling that pull for the motherland. It's called uh, sudado de pollo, and it's basically chicken stew. And it is uh, chicken with potatoes and a little bit of uh, uh, yuca, and I serve it with rice and avocado. And it's a very specific type of Colombian seasoning that you only find in Colombia or in the Colombian supermarkets. And it's a coltriguisad, and it's base is a base made of uh, cumin and just all these spices, and it's just delicious. And I love eating it, and it reminds me of being six years old, sitting in my grandmother's kitchen, waiting for her to serve me the same thing. And when the world would just stop, and you would eat it, and it was delicious. And so I cook it when I miss home. Um, the music, it's these amazing sounds of um, the accordion and vallenato, um, of the Colombian salsa, of the Grupo Nietzsche, of Carlos Vives, the kind of music that you hear it and you just can't stay sitting down, that you have to dance it to, that you know every single word to it. That when my cousins and I get together, we bring out the bottle of Aguardiente, which is a um, a liquor made out of anise. And the reason why it's it, it's it carries so many memories for me too is because the um, the factory where they make aguardiente was about five blocks from my childhood home, so I could smell the the liquor like actually from my home, and it was just such a beautiful memory when when the aguardiente comes out, when the vallenato comes out, and my cousins and I would just sit 
in the front of our house, listening to the music, um, talking about our daily lives. And it's something I only get to do twice a year now when I go home. And unfortunately with COVID, who knows when I'll be able to do it again. But in the meantime, those are the things that sound like home. That is so amazing. I'm hearing everything and I'm like, maybe start thinking about my gra- going to my grandmother's, having her beef stew in the kitchen with all my aunts and my uncles and cousins all around. And I'm like, oh, I miss everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there anything else that that you would like to add? Anything that you would like people to know maybe about you or about your culture? I think one of the the key things for folks to understand is for those of us who are either born in another country, a Latin American country, or have uh, Latino roots, it's almost like you have two homes. You have the home that embraced you here in the United States, or perhaps you were born into, but you also have the home of your ancestors, the home that makes you feel um, that need to dance, that need to eat, that need to um, just be happy. And those are our Latino countries. For me, it's Colombia. And every time that I get on that plane and I step foot in at Medellin, it reminds me not only how far I come, how much there's still to do, but how beautiful my roots are. And I am extremely proud to have been born in Colombia, to have been raised by a Colombian mother, to have those roots, those Latino strong female roots that make me dance, that make me happy, that make me me. I think that was beautifully said. How has being a Colombian influenced you or influenced those around you or influenced your constituents? So I happen to represent the district with the highest number of Colombians, I think in, in New York and, and I think second to like the Miami area in Florida is probably where most of the Colombians in the country are, um, are at. It's created a sense of mutual pride where I'm proud that I get to represent a Colombian community um, along with everyone else that I get to represent. But the Colombians in my district and in my community are proud that I get to represent them. And so, it, you know, when I've gotten to go to the festivals, um, when I get the awards, when uh, they have an event around uh, important dates for our Colombian culture, it's created a sense of mutual pride that, um, that I cherish and that I honor. I've actually told my husband, I would love to be able to go to a Colombian festival so that I can experience some of that Colombian oh. culture. Are you guys in New York? Yes. Next year, you'll see them. You'll see them happening. Or, um, most of them happening uh, July and a little bit of August. There's one along 37th Avenue that it's the festival, the Flower Festival. Um, there's the Colombian Parade, and then there's El Festival Colombiano, which happens. Um, last year they did it at one of the CUNY colleges, the one in Jamaica. I'm not sure where they're going to do it next year, but it's, it's fantastic. That's something I would love to see the flower festival. I saw, um, it was a, what was it? A parade that my husband had shown me. 
and it was like a parade of flowers and i'm yeah, seeing the these... flower festival the flower parade mm-hmm. it's beautiful yeah. He showed it to me that they do it in Colombia. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so beautiful. And we have the sister one here in, in Jackson Heights. I had no idea. I'm definitely going to have to see that next year. So thank you for letting me know about that. <laughs> of course. So with that being said, Assemblywoman Cruz, I greatly appreciate you taking the time. It has been such a pleasure to be able to speak with you today. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.